we get involved, we do anything the Lord reveals to us. Jesus, that's what he limited himself to, what the Father showed him to do. And so everything was successful that he did because he was led, you know, and everything. And so we, whatever God leads us to do, that's what we do. Sometimes there's a time to do certain things that he leads, especially, you know, people, there's a situation around you and God will lead you to do something. You know, it's not all just like pipe. It's not just all this ethereal, spiritual, no touching the ground. No, God does lead in practical ways. In fact, if our spirituality isn't being translated into practical ways and practical, you know, touching lives and assisting them, then it's really of no value, <laughs> to be honest. So, um, but, but yeah, the thing is being led and then we pray and then we, yeah. So, because there's things we don't understand, you know, mm-hmm. about, especially when it comes to the world and it's, because we know the, um, the world is under the influence of the evil one, the Bible says. So we know that the world is broken. The world system is broken. It's infiltrated. It's corrupt. And so you start looking into that. And of course, you're going to uncover things, you know. So, um, but we don't let that war get inside us. We know who has victory over the world. And this evil was in the world before we see manifestations in different ways. We think all of a sudden it popped up. Oh, did you just see that? That this evil just popped up. It's been there. The demons were in the synagogue before Jesus got there. there was, the temperature wasn't hot enough for them to get uncomfortable. But when Jesus showed up, the temperature in the room went up, and all of a sudden they're crying out, ah! You know? But they were always, they were there. You find, that's what, a different, in the Old Testament, you, you find people getting healed, you find people, but you don't see demons getting cast out. Right? And then Jesus shows up, and it's a whole new level of fire under the enemy's rear end, which drives him out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that fire is kindled, and Jesus said, how I wish it was already a flame, and that's us. That's what he has for us, to be on fire with that flame of truth and spirit combined into embodiment, and we're his body. So, yeah. So, you know, we often can know or we talk about the fact that it's the basics that win a fight, right? You know, it's like knowing how to, you know, you can, (laughs) I I was actually practicing karate when I was in high school, you know, and uh, we were learning this spinning roundhouse back kick, you know, you you spin around and you hit the, you know, in the movies you see that. It's like you spin around and your foot whaps the guy from, from behind you, you know. That's <laughs> so how I was practicing that. And uh, somehow I needed to get more spin. So I remember just trying one time and I, I just went in the air and landed flat on my back. <laughs> it's like kind of embarrassing. But what was I going to say about that? Um, oh, right. So sometimes we think we need to get kind of advanced or fancy in our tactics but it's it's the basics you know learning how to throw a good punch is a good is a good foundation you know what i'm saying to take out an enemy so it's like it's sometimes we overlook the simplicity of the gospel and what is provided but that's what's needed to actually 
push through and win the war and everything else, you know. And so when we talk about the love of God, it's like back in Exodus when we talked about before when God led them out of slavery, the people of Israel, right? So he led them out of Egypt. He led them out of slavery. He did all these miracles crossing through the Red Sea, all the miracles in the interaction with Pharaoh to get them to that place where they would encounter him at Mount Sinai. Right? So God said, okay, all the people, get them together and and we're going to meet together now. So God came down on the mountain and at first... It was like everybody was supposed to, to go up and, and to meet with him. But then the people of Israel allowed fear and, you know, God wanted, it's like God kept the covenant. That was the thing. He was a covenant-keeping God. That's what our faith is founded on, his faithfulness to keep his word, right? And he promised to their fathers that you're going to bring them out. Of slavery, and he did. He fulfilled all of that. And so God's heart was that the people would, would recognize what he did for them. So over the in Exodus, when, you know, they, they, God was expecting the people to come with a thankful heart and, and just, you know, but, but they allowed fear to hold them back and said, Moses, you go, <laughs> you know, and, and, it, it, and it was anyway. So. God's intention was always to dwell with his people, Adam and Eve and, and all of that. And so when we talk about, you know, how Jesus gave us believers the ministry of reconciliation, it's to bring people back to God's original intention. And so we can see that, you know, with Adam and Eve, that what did they lack? What, what was their situation, Adam and Eve? They were like walking with God in the cool of the day. They experienced his fellowship, his love. They had dominion over all creation, and they were told if anything steps out of line, you have dominion. You need to sort it out. That's what they were supposed to do. If a a talking serpent starts talking to you, you put it in its place. You don't let it, you know, get in your head. (laughs) Right? So, So they were, they didn't lack anything all their needs, all their desires, their fellowship with God, and they were in a, in a paradise. And that was, that's God's intention. But it was contingent upon keeping that relationship with God the way it should be, <clears throat> which is why the tree was there to help them remember where they ended and where God began. Because like we were saying so many times, they were so much like God, they needed to have that reminder there. They were glowing. They were, you know, like Moses coming down from the mountain was with God. I mean, that's what Adam and Eve were just, that was their normal. They were created in the image of God. The first original, like, you know, pure, they were created not to die. And it's so it was like they just shone with the glory of God. And when that glory of God left them, they realized they were naked. What does that mean? That, that, that glory that they walked in dissipated. So, it, so they're continuing and the glory of God was contingent upon their response to what God was saying and to keep that relationship of love and trust the core and central thing. And so, you know, when they disregarded what God said then, you know, that his glory departed from them that that present there that what they were clothed with and then 
you know, death and, and all that came into the world. So, so that's the state of the world right now. It's in that disconnect from God. It's in that state of, of um, being an orphan, really. So that's why you hear songs sometimes about we're no longer an orphan and all this kind of thing. Because without God, we're like that. And that's why the world is broken and people in the world who, who, don't, who haven't found God yet are broken and they, they experience brokenness and, they, and, and their relationships reflect that as well because there's no central connection to their father who created them. And so without that, there is a sense of just nothing means anything. Right, so the world, the little G God of this world, influencing that serpent is still talking and influencing in the world, and uh, and so, but it's it results in emptiness, brokenness, and all all that we see. So that's the state of the world. So that's why you know when we're in the world, Jesus said, "You will have tribulations, you'll have difficulties, you'll have challenge, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world." So the thing we need to to be aware of is that we need to be ready and not surprised when the world doesn't discern your value and treats you badly. Surprise. Well, it shouldn't be because the world is broken and unless people are walking with God, they will not discern your value as a child of God. And they, and they will do what comes naturally, which is just, you know, not operating according to value and integrity and the characteristics of our Heavenly Father because He's not their Heavenly Father. You understand? So, so what we need to determine in, in our heart is how we're going to respond when that happens. Preparedness, a pilot in an airplane, you know, when the emergency happens, they're not like, Oh yeah, what am I supposed to do now? As a plane is <laughs> the engine cut out and they're going down. That's not the time to figure out, you know, what's wrong or or what you should do in that situation. Mm-hmm. It's about being prepared beforehand. It's about settling in our heart now. Whatever we encounter, we will know how to respond as God wants us to. So it's not surprising the enemy throws monkey wrenches. It's not surprising the enemy tries to disrupt relationships. It's not a a, a surprise when things in the world seem to be targeted against you and, and you have to maneuver all of that. It shouldn't be a surprise. The world is broken, disconnected. It's no longer... The paradise and Adam, it, it, we live in a broken world and all. And that's why certain things happen. So the question is, how will we respond? And some, sometimes some of that gets onto and influences people that, you know, are close to you. You know, so it's all about, OK, being aware and just how we are going to be led by the spirit when we encounter those things. We we. We trust in what God has said. We allow God's spirit to give us the right perspective. Otherwise, we'll be derailed. It's like, you know, in the movies when the two cars, they're both trying to, you know, kind of uh, run each other off the road. You know, it's like, it's like, what are you going to do in that situation? Well, thankfully, greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. But we need to be convinced of that 
so that we can, you know, like in the James Bond movies, press a button and this machine gun pops out of the car through the headlight. You know what I mean? And you start doing these moves and your car is spinning and doing a 360 as you obliterate the enemy all around you. But, but Bond didn't just figure that out in the moment. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He had to prepare, train, be disciplined to implement the training. In our case, having a prayer life, spending time with the Lord, acknowledging Him in all our ways so He can direct our paths. It is time spent sharpening the sword is not wasted. Because when you're in the situation and we are and will be in situations where we need to respond the way God would respond, we will have the capacity to do so because we've allowed his word and spirit to train us for such a time as this. Esther going in front of the king, she had to be willing to do that. Okay, so, so God gives us this arsenal of heaven to work with, all that he is and all. And he says, greater am I in you than he that is in the world and all of these things. So all these things didn't just start happening yesterday. <laughs> it's been there. Uh, you know, so the, 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 the question of the hour is, how will we respond? Do we let the Lord be our response? Okay, so we're connected with God. The world is disconnected. So we need to prepare now and decide now, okay, this is how I'm going to respond when this happens to me. Or when people, you know, mistreat me or say different, this is how I'm going to respond. I'm going to respond by the Spirit. In fact, I'm not going to let it get on me at all, like water off a duck's back, you know. What should we allow to stick to us and affect us is only the Spirit of God and what he brings. Everything else, we don't let the war inside. So that we will be effective in the war to fulfill the role God has for us to play, which is mainly to uh, build up each other. Iron sharpens iron. Uh, ministers should be building up the body of Christ. It's about the equipping, the building up, until we all come to that unity of agreement of the faith of Christ in us who is greater than any situation that we will be in or we will ever find ourselves in. You will have difficulties, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world, Jesus said. So we don't need to like, you know, everybody's going to get theirs. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <clears throat> God wins, okay? We just skip to the last page in Revelation. Uh, just do an open book test. Oh, we win. <laughs> Jesus wins. Never forget that. It's like, even if a bomb drops, you blew up in the world. Well, you know what? We're in heaven now. Praise God. <laughs> What's the worst that can happen? That. Christian you can't. What, what, what are you going to do? Kill me? Hallelujah. I'm going to get there. I'll, you know, start enjoying it before you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But that's, but yet we're so seeking to save our lives, seeking to this, and that's the problem. But the seed needs to fall into the earth and die. And if it doesn't, it will abide. 
in isolation in a very small place, me, myself, and I, all <laughs> fighting it out between each other, you know, and, and, you know, but that's not God's intention. We're not meant to battle within ourselves, but the Bible says that that happens, right? That people can oppose themselves within themselves because the soul is waging war against what the spirit is trying to do because the mind is not yielded to the spirit of God and the word of, and and so then you have this tug of war and you have the flesh. And because of that, the flesh takes advantage and, and you have a war inside yourself when it should not be right. Uh, My peace I give, not as the world gives. Jesus said, my peace I give to you. And that comes from turning ourselves in saying, you know what? I'm done. I'm not going to have a war in myself and then I'll be transmitting that to others. I, I, I turn myself in and I, I recognize my need for you, Jesus. I can't <laughs> do it, but you can. And I turn myself in and then Holy Spirit, what do, what do you want? Okay. Yes, sir. And let's allow that to happen. I'm going to go with that. And, you know, and as we just make that our lifestyle, you know, God, we're going to be walking closely, so closely with him that he finds us irresistible and he just moves in. That's what it's describing in John 14. You know, those who love me, keep my word. Imagine that. And then my father loves me. And then we come in and we make our home with him. So there's something about that uh, flowing with God opens the door for a manifestation of him in our life. So, but it all goes back to that. That relationship. So Adam and Eve, they walked with God. They had that relationship and that that experience with God. But then there was the disconnect. There was a rejection, death, sickness, disease. All these things came into the world, and we still still see that. But God wants to bring everybody back to His original intention. So when Jesus, often when you know we see Jesus and He healed. Somebody he said he was moved with compassion and then he went and he healed or he delivered or he did something, right? So that compassion was a passion to restore people back to God's original intention. That compassion. It compelled him with the passion of God to, that's not what my father had for you here. Let me show you. Let me help you experience what my father's intention was for you. And that was the compassion that moved Jesus to action. And instead of being complacent to, to take a step and interject heaven within him to, to touch somebody else's life and help them experience it too. That's the compassion that moved him to restore, you know, what did Adam and Eve walk in that, that it's a restoration of God's original intention going back to an even better because now we've been through some things and we have a inoculation, a heavenly inoculation against evil because <laughs> we know, you know, what can happen when people think they know better than God. Right? So, so the Bible actually says that we as believers are on display for all the heavenly beings 
good and evil so that we would declare through our lives that God was right. That his plan was a good one to create us, <laughs> you know, in his image with a free will and sharing his glory and his goodness with us to the degree that we can change history. You know, so it's, we're a spectacle to angels, to men. We, we are a testimony of God's goodness. We're a testimony that he made good decisions. All right. So God's calling everybody back to this original relationship. So it's about that relationship. When Adam and Eve didn't value that relationship, they thought they knew better. Then it broke and then they lost it. And so, but now uh, Jesus, the Father through Jesus is calling us back and he is, he, he's, he desires us to know him in that way with that close uh, relationship. So where he will just be everything that we need, all things for life and godliness is, 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 you know, but it's a person. I am the way, the truth and the life. So it's a person whom we value and who sees the value that he put in us. And that's what the world can't offer. It's like they don't see the value in a child of God. So, they will, so nobody will ever treat you in the world according to your true value. But God will. The angels, when they get around you, they are constantly just trying to help us see what's in the books written about our life. That, that's what prophecy is. Speaking from the books that all the good that God has destined for each one of us in our lives, you know, and somebody gives a prophetic word, they're just, they're just getting a, a glimpse in the books that it's established about that's And everybody has the book. The worst villain in the world had a book written. It's in the archives, even if they didn't fulfill it, you know, because at the end of the age, the books are opened. And the people are judged out of the things written in the books. So the books that are opened are superimposed over our life. And it's just a flash. It's an audit. You know, it's an audit. When we stand before God, we're not going to be judged with the world. That's the judgment we won't be in hell and all that kind of stuff. But we'll, we'll have an audit. When we go to heaven, it's just going to be the books are going to be open. They're going to be superimposed over the, the flash, the screenshot of our life. And, and they're going to see how, you know, we are going to see how closely we did what was our capacity in God to do. And um, I think it's uh, helpful to start living that way now (laughs) as believers with the potential. Because, you know, it's not about you or me. It's not. It's about... What will happen, what will the effect be in other people's lives because we obeyed? That's like why poverty doesn't make any sense. You know, it's established in the religious, one of the big denominations in the world. Because it's like, well, that's, you know, we have to think beyond ourselves. Well, don't we want to help other people too? You know, it's like, it's, God's plan is way beyond an individual, a person, but it includes us. But it, you know, God's heart is always thinking beyond and he's thinking of everyone, you know. And so when we say yes, we're actually 
allowing God's purpose and plan to influence and help others through our own life to 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 come into being, you know. And so that's what it's all about, really. It's about helping others the way we would have liked to help, hearing the good news the way we would have liked to hear it. It's about being his hands and feet the, the way when we need it, we would have liked to have had somebody there who is flowing with God and would have helped us in that way, you know? And so it all goes back to those basics of do unto others as you want them to do to you. That is a big spiritual truth that we tend to gloss over. It's like, oh, take me on to the advanced stuff, right? You know what I'm saying? Well, what if going on to the advanced stuff is dependent upon learning and implementing and embodying that? which is the heart of God. I'll just skip over the heart of God. Let me just learn the technicalities. No, it doesn't work that way. We want to go be and experience and, well, love your neighbor as yourself and start with the one next to you. And then when you get that down, we'll we'll talk about the other. You know, that's what God would say to us, right? It's It's like, but there is power. There's no greater power than his love. So the power of his love to transform a life begins when we look in the mirror because we need to love our neighbor as ourselves. So we need to see the value that God put in ourselves before we can truly help somebody else see their value. Matthew 22, 37 to 40. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. So what value do you recognize that God has put within you? Well, our value is determined by the price paid to save our life. It was the blood of Jesus. Our eternal destiny, God, for God so loved us that he gave uh, his life, the life, the blood of Jesus. And so that, that, how much is the blood of Jesus worth? That's pretty valuable. That's the value you carry, I carry, each one of us, we, that's how valuable we are to God. We are the most expensive thing in heaven. The most expensive because it was, it's about the price paid. So that, that's the value that you, that each person, ha- every, and every person, and it's not just us sitting in this room, it's like when you look, when that person is rubbing you the wrong way, whatever, and or even your enemy what does Jesus say to do to our enemies? Beat them up. <laughs> you know, love your enemies. <sighs> I think we skipped over that one, right? We wanted to get to the good stuff. We forgot about that, right? What? Sorry. Yeah, and, and um, an enemy, I know it, yeah, also said that, that the enemy is somebody that is really going out to... Yeah. Deliberately hurt you all yeah. the time. Take it's you out. Just somebody yeah. that doesn't greet you. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's doing it over yeah. and over and over. Yeah. So it's like, what is Jesus? How? What is the response? Remember in the beginning, in this world, you'll have tribulation. You'll have, di- but how are you going to respond? That's what we need to determine now. How am I going to respond when, not if, I'm in a situation which. In the eyes of the world, retaliation would be in order. But like, you know, what are we going to do? What did Jesus say to do? He said, love your enemies. Pray for those who despite, despitefully use you. 
and hurt you and, and all these things, so that you may be children of your Father who is in heaven. For God is good to those who aren't thankful for it. He causes His Son to rise on the evil and the good. You can fake a lot of things, but love is the genuine passport of a child of God. Because love covers a multitude of sins. Love is, according to 1 John 4, 8, God himself. If you want to summarize him in a word, it's love. And love always looks like something. Love responds a certain way. Paul talked about that better way in first, you know, he just got done talking about the gifts in first Corinthians 12 and, and all that. And, and he's talking about, you know, gifts of healings, gifts of prophecies, gifts of this and that. And the Corinthians were really moving in all those things, even though they were immature, but they were moving in all those gifts. And, but he says, you know what? But I'm going to tell you a better way now. And then first Corinthians 13, he just gets into, I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, and I have not love. I'm a noisy gong, a clanging cymbal. He gets into the nature of God himself, which is love. The motivation and the display of that motivation of the heart of God. The way he deals with us. You know, Paul going around killing Christians, da 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 da, da. What does he do? Calls him to himself. So how do we know? That's why we're not, thank God we're not God. <laughs> We'd be casting people in hell maybe when we weren't supposed to. <laughs> you know, how do you know that that person who's really, you think is your enemy, even, you know, but not to speak of people who really aren't your enemy, but just rub it the wrong way, you know, but you know what I'm saying? It's like, so how are we to respond? <clears throat> We determine in our heart how we're going to respond before the time. Otherwise, we're going to be sort of like just shooting off the cuff. Did I say that right? I don't know. Like in the situation, which generally doesn't turn out too well. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If you haven't already established in yourself, you know what? Jesus, I'm holding on to you no matter what the situation, and I'm going to determine to let you tell me what I should do in every situation. If we're hanging on like that to him, acknowledging him in all our ways, then we can let him lead. Okay. So, all right. So God's calling us all back to the original experience that Adam and Eve had. So that's the ministry of reconciliation. And, but we need to recognize the value in people. So even people that, Every person that, you know, bottom line, every person has a value, has volumes written about their life in the way that they can walk with God and the influence that they would be in a positive way. And the angels know what's in those books, too. And that's why they don't judge. They just expect every person, no matter how bad they may seem to be, they they keep bringing them in cycles. They'll keep bringing somebody else across their path to 
talk to them, to remind them, to preach the gospel to them. And it just keeps going in cycles until the day they die. You know, and they keep having to to reject, reject, reject. But as far as God is concerned, and as far as the angels are concerned, that's what that's what they're doing. You know, they're they're just constantly, and so that's what we should be doing too. You know, instead of filing people away in our judgments, and that's how they are. No. It's easier. <laughs> well, just love your enemies already. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's impossible. Without God and reliance, He is our strength. Yeah, because it is easier to ignore. You know, just to uh-huh. push. if somebody's doing wrong, or you uh-huh. know, um, it's easier to just leave yeah. them out. Yeah. You know, and yeah. have other friends. Yeah. Know? Now, the, you know, obviously, this is not saying you know you need to bring them into your house and dress them with your kids, and you know, that's not. I'm saying it's not what Jesus is saying. He also said, "Be wise, like a servant. Raise up and defend, as to defend when you need to defend." So, but that's an enemy. I'm supposed to love him. So here, no, and then he stabs you in the back. No, it's not to be silly. Okay, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There's a time for everything. But as far as it lays within our um, ability to be led by the Spirit of God we can turn another cheek. If you've got two and it's okay, the bruise will heal, you know. But there are situations where other things must be done. Okay, now, you know, that's why we need God. We need His guidance. We need to be led by Him. We need to walk with Him, acknowledge Him in all our ways, because He, it's His joy to lead us into every good thing that He has. And we don't know you know, so when it comes to people, we, we just have to, uh, we're called to respond with good. Repay evil with good. It says walk a mile, you walk two. That, that's, that, I tell you what, that's probably the most advanced thing we're going to find in the Bible. You want fancy stuff? Well, this is it. <laughs> this is the fancy stuff. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This is the foundation. This is the structure. This is the manifestation. We decide. It's the character and the nature of love himself. Because in understanding that and allowing him to permeate our being, as we are with him and we allow him to lead the show, Guess what else is going to be established? All these other things shall be added to you as well. <laughs> if you seek first God and His kingdom, then all these other things. We want to put the cart before the horse. No, just give me the goodies. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's like, hey, God is there like, I want to give you the goodies. But it's right here in the foundation. Step one. Love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Step two, love your neighbor as yourself. And when we give ourselves, when the seed falls into the earth and dies to me, myself, and I, and we allow the Holy Spirit to make all things new, and then we live according to that new leading of the Spirit, that new life, that new creation which never existed before, 
too often we go back to the old, but God says, no, no, just forget it. Let's keep, keep going. Doing good. Keep going. Get up again. Keep going. And that's what Jesus is all about. He's about that reconciliation. He's about that. The righteous fall seven times, gets up each time, recognize we own it. We recognize the error of our ways and we just say, oh, you know, <laughs> and we repent, we turn back and we, and we take God's hand. We, we accept his help to get up and he, and we realize how much we need him. And we never forget where we end and where he begins and because we know that we are not God, he can bring us into his fullness, into the fullness of God. So that's what, what you know, God is restoring. Our Heavenly Father wants to restore all people. That's the ministry of reconciliation. It's, it's about his DNA in us, all throughout us, and we live in accordance with that DNA divine nature attributes that God has put within us by his own spirit, by his own doing. And then we add to that faith the qualities which are consistent in um, obeying and, and conforming to his image. Living that out, you know, that, that, that's our part. That's we're believers, believing ones in the faith that God has put within to, of his truth and his, um, you know. Okay, so, <clears throat> so that's the ministry of reconciliation. Um, and we're all ministers to, um, of priests and kings calling people into this relationship with God. So that in Ephesians 1, this is on page 3 here, Ephesians 1, verse 10. It's nice to have it on here. You can read it all later. I'm just jumping around in that. (laughs) Uh, Verse 10 says, uh, that in the dispensation of the fullness of the times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, things which are in heaven and which are on earth in him. So that's what he's doing. He's reconciling the world to himself and his ways. There can only be unity in the love of God. Ephesians 4 says, you know, we're all growing up into the fullness. says, um, you know, that we, we are to be equipped into the unity of the faith. So that means God's ways. There's no other way to have unity. There's no other way to to do it like Adam and Eve tried oh, I think there's yeah that makes sense there's this other way how did that work out you know it's like <laughs> there's no other way than the way of our creator and the unity and the love that he wants to bring everything together into and so when we get this when we um, give ourselves fully to God's plan and purpose in this way and we see ministry as embodiment of God himself. What is, how does God want to respond? Love. Here, somebody in need. How? So, you know, the widows, the orphans. The, you know, just living according to the nature of God, whereas if he had flesh and a human body, what would he do? Well, Jesus showed us what that looks like. But that's our calling too, to be the embodiment. That scripture we read before we had communion, you know, that 
God's putting us all together and his body works together. We should discern the body of Christ, even those who are not in yet. And if we discern rightly his body, it goes well. If we don't discern the body, it doesn't go well. So, so we need to see God's heart extending into all people. Everybody has a book. Everybody has the value. And so he needs us to set aside the human thoughts and responses and to allow uh, him to, to lead us in our responses and in the way that we love and in the way that we forgive and in the way that we overlook things and the way that we um, begin to manifest our Heavenly Father. And this is going to be the, I believe, the grand finale on the earth leading up to the coming Lord will be the revealing of the Father through his people. Because the Father doesn't mess around. (laughs) He's like, you know, it's, it's like, and when this gospel is revealed, proclaimed in such a way that must be listened to and obeyed, that's, that's in the world uh, in Matthew 24. It says, then this gospel will be proclaimed, but that, there's a lot in that world, word proclaimed, which is, it comes forth with such a undeniable authority, because faith and love, it, it recognizes authority like the centurion, right? The authority of God. And it gives place to the authority of God. So when this gospel, the good news of the kingdom of God, is demonstrably proclaimed in all the world as a witness, then the end shall come. So there is a glorious manifestation of God himself, which will go out through his body, through his people, They're not cowering in a cave somewhere or something like that. But this gospel will be proclaimed. The Father will be revealed through, because the kernels of wheat have died and given themselves and the two have become one. And now it's it's a manifestation of the glory of God. You know, so that's what will be revealed. Um... 1 John 4.17, also on page 3 there, says, Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. That's the power of the gospel. As he is, so are we. His character, his nature, his authority, his revealing. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear has torment, He who fears has not been made perfect in love. So it's all about love, you know, the character of God and allowing him to define and channel us into all that he has for us in, in his love. And so then as he is, so are we. It recognizes his authority. Faith is born. Action is born. Transformation happens. And love, that, and love wraps it all together in the context of God's character and nature being revealed to the world. 
In fact, this next verse says that Colossians 2 says, I am contending for you that your hearts will be wrapped in the comfort of heaven and woven together into love's fabric. This will give you access to all the riches of God. Turn the page. (laughs) As you experience the revelation of God's great mystery, Christ. For our spiritual wealth is in him like hidden treasure waiting to be discovered. Heaven's wisdom and endless riches of revelation knowledge. So all of this is woven together in love's fabric that gives us access to all that God has for us. So it's back to the base. It's back to the beginning. Love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. As we embody and we receive that and we implement that, we're just an, we're an extension of God's heart. Wherever and and nothing will be held back from us. Nothing. And all those breakthroughs and things and you know all, all the fancy stuff, as we say, falls into place too. All these other things, but it's in the context of God's character. So. So love is experiential. It's not just that ethereal thing. It looks like something. It has a practical application and, uh, and an experience to it. So that's what we're to abide in. To Okay, so all of this. Let's jump down to page 5 here. Romans 8 where it says the spirit of full acceptance. All right, let's read this. The mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. And you did not receive the spirit of religious duty. So that's religion. That's the trap of the enemy. That's how he enslaves people. Because if he can't get rid of that religious inclination, well, okay, here, be involved in this, but then it's a dead end. So it's it's like... Uh, in disinformation campaigns, if they know certain sectors of society are going to want not to do what they want, but over here. So then they create that false other thing over there that people get involved in, but then it, they keep them going in circles. That's the tactic of the enemy. So that's what religion, man-made religion does. Okay, so we have not received the spirit of religious duty leading you back into the fear of never being good enough. That's what Jesus said to the Pharisees. You... You put bondages on top of people and you make them twice the son of hell as you are. And you're supposed to be taking the bondages off people, not weighing them down. That's what religion does. It weighs people down. So you didn't receive the spirit of religious duty leading back into fear of never being good enough. That's what religion says. You're never good enough. But you have received the spirit of full acceptance. Now, this is adoption in most translations. But it, in the Aramaic, it, it, it has this connotation, this meaning of what does it mean to be adopted in someone's family? That's full acceptance. That's like the doors, the hearts are open. Come on in fully holding nothing back. We want to share life together. That's what that is. So God has fully accepted us. And so we should never, you know, we need to love our neighbor as ourself. We need to recognize the value of ourself that God has put within us. 
We're not excluded from the good news of the gospel. Okay, we must recognize that so that we can step in and manifest that value that God wants us to to step out and do. But we, but fear and worry makes you uh, of religious duty and never being good enough. Oh no, who do you think you're stepping out? You're doing that. You just leave it to somebody else. You're not good enough. Well, only one is good, God, right? And he gives and he passes that goodness on to us. And so when we realize that, it frees us to partake of his divine nature and step forward into what he has. That's why he gets the glory. When we step forward and implement things according to his glory, Christ in us. Okay. So the spirit of full acceptance... um, I just, I think it's on here. Romans 8 1. Yeah, just jump to the next page, that verse, real quick. I like that Romans 8 1 passion translation here. It says, The case is closed. And that's translated, There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. This one, it says, The case is closed. There remains no accusing voice of condemnation against those who are joined in life union with Jesus, the anointed one. So there, that's why there's no condemnation. The case is closed. The case is gone. It's expunged under the blood of Jesus. Gone. Okay, that's the basis for participating in this full acceptance. Okay, so back to the full acceptance there. So, you've received the spirit of full acceptance enfolding you into the family of God. You will never feel orphaned, for as he rises up within us, our spirits join him in saying the words of tender affection, beloved Father. The Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers into our innermost being, You are God's beloved child. And since we're his true children, we qualify to share all of his treasures. For indeed, we are heirs of God himself. And since we are joined to Christ, we also inherit all that he is and all that he has. We will experience being co-glorified with him, provided we accept his sufferings as our own. We identify with what Jesus did for us, all the sufferings he went through, And we also know what it means to lay down our desires, our life, to allow the Spirit of God to lead us in a better way. 1 Corinthians 13. So we participate. um, What was the third? I mean, that. I know it says there's no accusing voice of condemnation, but it feels like the devil's court takes his chances to accuse you. Yeah. But I mean, then you have to fall back on this verse to say, you reject. You, you know, like that water on the back. Yeah. You don't let it, uh, yeah. you know, get a grip on you. Yes. But, uh... Look, if there is something wrong that we need to make adjustment, we need to make adjustment. You know, but, you know, beyond that, then you, we're not like, you know, whipping ourselves on the back in penance when it's under the blood of Jesus. You know what I'm saying? It's gone. As far as we confess, he is faithful and just to forgive your sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness, and then we live off that platform of forgiveness. Yeah. Yeah. So, look, the enemy, of course, he's always taking his chances. He's always... He's never been bothered that what he's saying is not accurate. (laughs) He wages disinformation campaigns. I mean, just look at the world, you know? It's all about withholding truth and telling you something else and that takes away your freedom to choose what's going to be very helpful for you that's the way he works so that's his he was a liar from the beginning 
That's what Jesus said. And so when he lies, he's just speaking from himself. It's his way of being. So, yeah. Yeah, well, most instances, he does accuse of the truth yeah. mm. with the aim of keeping in bondage. Mm. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, Jesus Christ made it so easy for us to ask forgiveness and we want him. Yeah. Well, now. Yeah, so, but the enemy doesn't, yeah, he, he'll try to still bring something up that's already, you're forgiven. The case is closed. Yeah. If the case in the courthouse is closed and you show up and you're like, oh, they're like, what are you doing? The case is closed. We'll just move on, you know? <laughs> it's like, the case is closed. Yeah, what are you mean, doing here? <laughs> you incriminate yourself now. Yeah, it's like, go on. You're free. Go and sin no more, as Jesus said. (laughs) So, yeah. So, I think if we want to pick something to meditate on for the rest of our life, the love of God. That's very fancy stuff. And foundational. And all-encompassing. And all-inclusive. And just all these other things are included in there. You know what I'm saying? And, but without it, it's like not having a strong core. You can't throw the punch properly because you're not grounded in the love of the Father. You know, and understanding what that means. And there's always more to be revealed. So, you know, just meditating on the Word is important. And it, we will constantly be seeing more layers to that. And it will be clicking into place. That's what Revelation is. It clicks. It goes in and it and it's assimilated and it becomes part of you. That's what I mean. Not just a doctrine, but like assimilation, transformation of a reality and a truth that God can work in and through. That's, it's, it's not just, so we have our doctrines and ducks in a row, but it's to be transformed by that truth and to become a manifestation of God himself. So that's the value of meditating on his word and meditating, in this case, on the love of, of God. And, and, you know, that scripture in Colossians, it, enfolded in the love of God is all the treasures, the riches, all he has for us. It's in there. You know what I mean? We see his faithfulness. We see the way he interacts with us. He means what he says. We can take it to the bank. We can have the faith of our Heavenly Father and implement it. Hi, my name is Paul Warren Gray with Life Mission. If you'd like more audio and video teachings like this one, please visit our website at www.lifemission.org.za. That's www.lifemission.org.za. And if you are in the Johannesburg area in South Africa, we hope you'll drop in so we can meet you in person. Details are on the website.